On October the 31st, 1517, Martin Luther posted 95 big questions which he believed faced the church of his day to a local church door in Wittenberg, Germany. 500 years later, I decided to post 95 new questions, one a week, to the web, questions which I believe the church must face in the 21st century. Here is a profound and for some a shocking truth. The Apostle Paul was not a 21st century Westerner, either of the Catholic or Protestant variety, and he wasn't an evangelical. That means that whenever we try to read him on our terms, our modern terms, rather than as the first century thinker he actually was, shaped by the story of Judaism, influenced by the Greekness of his upbringing, and then revolutionized by his encounter with Jesus on the Damascus Road, we end up imposing our Western assumptions on him, our modern day Western assumptions, and we fall into the trap of misunderstanding in him and going on to misrepresent him. And chief amongst these misunderstandings is our modern view of life as being individualistic. The ancient Mediterranean's understanding of society was very different. It was essentially collective, it was communal. Put differently, that's the difference between reading Paul through our me-centred culture and his us-inclusive view of life. Modern-day Westerners ask, how can I be saved? What's in this for me? What does it mean for me? And churchgoers rarely tire of singing songs littered with their individualistic hopes and fears and even promises of their service to God. The problem is that all of this represents something of a shrinking down of the message of the New Testament and in turn of Paul's thinking and teaching. As one result of this, the Protestant emphasis on our personal faith in Christ, rather than the faithfulness of Christ to all, became the banner under which the idea of grace extended to everyone was slowly silenced and forgotten. Instead, an individual's ability to believe became the measure of their worth before God in this life as well as in the life to come. But Paul's writing is not individualistic, it's thoroughly collective, which is why, writing to his friends in the city of Colossae, he explains in Colossians chapter 1 verse 20 that through Christ God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Paul had a giant vision so that although resurrection in the Old Testament was a limited metaphor simply for the restoration of the whole of Israel, in his post-Damascus Road life-changing understanding, it had now become about the renewal of the whole cosmos, all of creation. Although he doesn't have all the answers, without in any way denying his focus on human beings and their destiny, his theology is signalling God's eventual, all-encompassing, redemptive transformation through Christ, not only of the individual and of human beings, but of the entire 
cosmos, the entire universe. Which is why in Romans chapter 8, Paul explains that Although we know that the whole creation has been groaning, as with the pains of childbirth right up to the present moment, it will be liberated from its bondage eventually. It will be liberated from decay. And later, in the very same chapter, he goes on to reassert his confident hope that, as he puts it, in all these things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor demons, neither present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, the old-style exclusive approach to all this insisted that Jesus is the only way to God, who's the Father of all. But then in my view, it made a huge mistake. It wrongly went on to conclude that without an explicit knowledge of and relationship with Christ, salvation was impossible. It said that only those with what it called saving faith were in. It claimed that everyone who was not actively committed to the Christian faith, and usually the particular version of the Christian faith being propagated by the specific preacher at the time, would be excluded from salvation. On the other hand, what was known as old-style universalism insisted that faith in Christ was merely one of many paths to salvation. In our multicultural world, it said, our multi-ethnic, multilinguistic, multi-ideological, multi-faith society, it's up to you which route you choose, which pathway you choose to God. But I believe that what Paul speaks of is very different to both of these approaches. It's a Christ-centred exclusivity beyond these old categories, both of which failed to understand the worldview that Paul inhabited. Paul believes that Jesus, the Jewish Messiah or Liberator, has become the Messiah for the whole world. What God's done for Israel, God has, through Jesus Christ, now achieved for all humanity. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the only way. But for Paul, his exclusivism is revolutionary because it's totally inclusive. Through Christ all things were made and through him all things and all people will be reconciled to God. So, for the record, I am not an old-style universalist, but I do agree with the Apostle Paul. I believe that when Paul explained that Christ is the reconciler of all, that is exactly what he meant. Which leads me to a question, one to leave you to chew over. If it's clear that Paul believes that God is renewing the entire universe, why would that not include all people. What do you think? I explore this issue more deeply as well as many others raised by the Apostle Paul's writing in my new book, The Lost Message of Paul. You can purchase your paperback copy today from openchurch.network slash lostmessageofpaul or from any good bookshop. An e-book 
and an audiobook are also available from Amazon as well as from other online retailers.